0: You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. A shocking development today in that gruesome attack that took place on a transit bus in Surrey over the weekend.
1: The suspect is now facing terrorism charges. Ramina Dea was in court today for the suspect's appearance. And Ramina, those charges were originally attempted murder, but new charges today. What have you learned? Yeah, new charges today,
2: very unexpected, Sophie. Abdul Aziz Kawam was, sent, was initially, pardon me, facing four charges, um, including attempted murder for allegedly trying to slash the throat of a passenger on a Surrey bus on Saturday. But fast- forward to Monday morning when federal Crown prosecutors laid four new charges of terrorism. Abdul Aziz Kawam handcuffed when he made his first court appearance via video Monday afternoon in Surrey. The charges in connection to two alleged victims. Alleged Saturday's attack was carried out for the so-called Islamic State. The RCMP's integrated national security enforcement team now involved.
0: Information came to light which showed uh, allegations of links to a terrorist organization. Um, When that happens, that is then taken over by the federal RCMP uh, under the the, the legislation at the federal level, and the Federal Crown Prosecution Service then takes over.
1: Uh, The information was laid this morning alleging that Mr. Kwam committed four acts uh, for the benefit of a terrorist group, uh, charging him with attempted murder um, for the benefit of a terrorist group, aggravated assault, and uh, two counts of assault with a weapon.
2: What was the motive? We don't know. The attack, random. The suspect, not known to police, according to our report from Saturday. Investigators looking at whether mental health issues may have played a role. Crown prosecutors guarded with the
1: details. Unfortunately, I can't comment any further on the evidence at this point. Given that there's a publication ban in court and given that these matters will be litigated before a judge, I'm just not in a position to comment further at this point.
2: Transit police will only say during the slashing concerning comments were made. Police say the victim in his 30s made it through surgery and survived because the knife was dull. The suspect is also accused of flashing a knife at the bus stop before boarding. Now the initial four charges of the alleged offences were stayed today, this afternoon, because those alleged offences are essentially captured in the new four terrorism charges. Now, Kawam remains in custody. His next court appearance is Wednesday. Back to you.
1: All right, we'll see what happens then. Thanks for that. Ramina Dea in Surrey.
0: Police are now investigating a murder that's connected to a bloody IKEA rug that was recently turned into the barrier RCMP detachment.
1: BC RCMP Major Crime Unit says Peter Daniel Casimir is the victim of the targeted homicide. Police say Casimir also used the alias Jake Mazursky. Investigators would like to talk to anyone who had dealings with Casimir this year, and especially in the last month, as they try to develop a timeline of his whereabouts and activities. Police are also looking for any information about that IKEA rug.
0: The B.C. Prosecution Service has decided not to approve charges in the death of a well-known Surrey filmmaker. On August 31st of last year, 40-year-old Manbir Manny Amar was fatally injured during what police described as a fight with a neighbor. A suspect was arrested at the scene and the Integrated Homicide Investigation Team took over the case. But now the Prosecution Service says the case doesn't meet their two-part test standard to lay charges, meaning... There's not a substantial likelihood of conviction and the public interest doesn't require a prosecution.
1: It appears the city of Vancouver is getting ready to remove the encampment that has taken over the sidewalks of East Hastings and other parts of the downtown east side. A leaked city document reveals details of an enforcement plan. But as Amadagahi reports, critics say that plan doesn't address the fundamental problem of there being nowhere for people to live.
3: Stop the sweep! Stop the sweep! The internal document obtained and distributed by Advocates for Vancouver's Homeless has that community of people on edge.
4: We will continue to defend our community, to defend the people that we love, to defend the people that need it most.
3: For months, it has been public knowledge that efforts were underway to remove these tents and rehouse the people sleeping in them. But now it appears City Hall is ready to ramp up that effort with police support. According to the leaked document, with VPD support, engineering crews will no longer disengage when tensions rise or protesters or advocates become too disruptive. Large entrenched encampments aren't an acceptable model going forward.
5: Uh, they don't work. Uh, what we're seeing on the streets now is an increased level of violence. The area has become a lot less safe. Uh, we're seeing uh, fires and tents. We'll work closely with the city. The city's responsibility
6: uh, is around the on-the-ground operational piece related to the encampments. I think, I think people will like get, we'll
3: get hurt? Yep, yeah, for
7: sure. People are going to get arrested.
3: Cynthia Fordham and her partner Stuart Panko show us their tent, which is set up on Main Street near East Cordova. These are all your belongings? Yep. How long have you been sleeping here?
7: Probably six months or so I think we've been here.
4: It feels more uh, safer, like just like I said. It's safer um, than living in an SRO? Surprisingly, it is. There is no place, absolutely no place for these individuals to go. The province and the city know that there is no shelter available for these individuals.
7: How much money will you spend on this? How much taxpayers' dollars will you spend on continued street sweeps knowing there is no housing available?
3: The Vancouver Police Department did not comment on the leaked document. The city also remaining tight-lipped about the plan despite verifying its existence. It's not known exactly when the intensified operation will begin. Imadagahi, Global News. The provincial government
0: is attempting to tackle the housing crisis with what it calls the Homes for People Plan.
1: The goal is to build homes faster and create more affordable units. But as Richard Zussman reports, the plan depends on getting municipalities on board.
6: Housing Plan 2.0. We're growing gangbusters and we need our housing supply to keep up. The province first introducing a housing plan back in 2018. Since then, both housing prices and rents have gone up. This new plan includes bringing in legislation to automatically allow zoning of up to four units on a traditional single-family home lot. There will also be legislation in the fall requiring municipalities to allow secondary suites,
4: and a new tax to target house flipping is on the way. We're going to need to set a baseline towards how uh, people hold properties, as well as uh, hold properties to what ends. Uh, I think that part of it is to understand that within flipping, there there is also the element of uh, of improvements The province setting up a potential
6: showdown with municipalities who may be reluctant to allow density along transit or upzone in any residential neighbourhood. If we have disagreements, I guess it'll be with people who just don't see that need because uh, they're not sympathetic to it, but I, I don't know how they don't see it. This is an urgent situation for British Columbians and we'll take the action that's necessary to deliver for them. By 2024, there will be a forgivable loan program for anyone renovating homes. 50% of the loan will be forgiven up to a maximum of $40,000 over five years only if the renovated unit is
4: rented below market value for five years. When one pursues an innovative policy that you have the ability to check in and see that it's coming out with the outcomes that you desire.
6: The plan lacks significant detail and there are concerns that actually upzoning single-family homes will drive up demand with developers wanting to buy up those properties.
8: Until we understand what these are, how, how they're going to work, uh, how things are being implemented, how they're going to work with the municipalities, there's just not enough detail in there for anybody to make a determination whether it's good or not.
6: What good enough is depends on whether you already own a house or not. What is clear is if this plan is executed, housing in B.C. will never look the same again. Richard from Global News, Victoria.
1: All right, let's bring in Keith Baldry for more on this story. Lots of promises, Keith, but uh, there won't be much movement until the fall. Why the delay?
9: Yeah, some of this does require legislation, and that legislation won't be in front of the House until the fall session. Uh, The big reason is there needs to be more consultation with municipalities. As Richard points out in his story, these are sweeping changes, particularly the new rule that will allow up to four units on a single-family detached... uh home. Many municipalities don't like, or at least are uncomfortable with it, particularly smaller towns. Not a big deal with big towns, but smaller communities, I think, are wrestling with that one. So there has to be some consultations to bring them along because this is a province-wide program. David Eby was asked that question today. Why is it taking so long to implement these sweeping changes? Here's his response.
6: Obviously more needs to be done. People are still struggling to find housing. We've seen dramatic population growth. How will the government respond to this? The challenge has shifted over time so so is our policy to bring on the level of housing that we need for people who work and help run our communities.
9: A couple stats released today show the magnitude of the problems we're facing here on the housing file. In 2021, the net migration to BC was 100,000 people. Last year, 2022, 150,000 people relocated here. That's 250,000 people in two years, all of them looking for homes, which shows, again, the urgency of the problem and the challenge. But again, this, the number of these rules don't get implemented for a few months yet.
1: Mm. All right, thanks for that, Keith Baldry and Victoria.
9: One month after Vancouver City Council
0: approved a double-digit property tax increase, the mayor is appointing a new task force to take a closer look at the city's books. The task force includes some well-known names from across the political spectrum. But as Travis Prasad reports, the review won't
5: include three of the city's biggest expenses. A fresh set of eyes will soon be on City Hall's books. It's hard to overstate the importance of the work that will be carried out by this task force. A team of five professional accountants and financial analysts will review the city's capital budget which pays for infrastructure and amenities and its operating budget which ballooned this year to $1.97 billion. This task force will be responsible for going through our city's spending with a fine-tooth comb, identifying inefficiencies potential revenue opportunities and recommending ways that we can utilize your tax dollars more efficiently and responsibly. The announcement comes on the heels of a double-digit property tax increase of 10.7 percent. Homeowners and businesses are on the hook for hundreds more dollars this year. Several community stakeholders will advise the task force including the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade.
2: To address barriers that include permitting and licensing delays and we find ways to make it affordable for businesses to operate to ensure that they continue to provide jobs.
4: It's a good step in the right direction. But the
5: Canadian Taxpayers Federation says the scope of the review isn't wide enough. The Vancouver Public Library, Park Board and Police Department are not included. And the VPD accounts for 20% of the budget. You need those big players, you need the Vancouver Police Department, you need the Vancouver Public Libraries on board otherwise you're gonna have a very hard time actually finding meaningful savings for taxpayers. The task force will work for the next six months free of charge and independent of city staff.
0: It does seem like a bit of a fishing expedition, a lot to accomplish in six months to really do a deep dive. I mean we already have internal processes we have an auditor general's office that
5: operates independently looks at this stuff we have an internal audit process the team will present its recommendations to council in october travis prasad global news
0: tonight surrey city council is set to vote on a 12 and a half percent property tax hike grace key is live outside surrey city hall with more on this and grace the jump is due in part at least to the mayor's promise to keep the rcmp in surrey
10: yeah, policing is certainly a big part of the city's budget in the coming year. Now, originally, council was looking at a 9.5% increase just for policing, but it looks like that amount could be cut in half. So council originally looked at plans to raise property taxes by 17.5%. Councilors got an earful from outraged residents at a finance committee meeting last month. That's when Surrey Mayor Brenda Law confirmed the city would get $89.9 million from the province in new infrastructure money. So municipal leaders directed staff to come up with some new figures. Now the plan is to use that funding to cut the proposed 17.5% property tax hike to no more than 12.5%. So for the average Surrey homeowner, at 17.5% you are looking at a $403 increase, 12.5%, $286. So if those readings pass tonight, technically a final vote for approval would be be done on the next council meeting and that would be on the 17th back to you
0: all right grace key reporting live from surrey thanks grace
1: victoria police bust a sophisticated retail theft ring how it operated through a phone number exchanging thousands of dollars in stolen goods for hard drugs that's next on the news hour
11: he was a guy who really introduced this city to black music
0: Respect for Red Robinson. Music industry icon Bruce Allen weighs in on the amazing influence of BC's groundbreaking DJ coming up.
1: And the Canadian astronaut taking his moonshot. Now it's a giant leap for the national space program still to come.
0: Right now, though, Victoria police have broken up a sophisticated theft operation that had criminals essentially stealing on demand.
1: As Kylie Stanton shows us, thieves use the system to take orders and exchange the stolen goods for drugs.
12: Windows are smashed, alarms sound, and business owners are left to pick up the pieces.
13: We've found these rocks inside.
12: Over and over again.
5: I have been having to face these break-ins for the last almost six, seven years. And there was always this constant fear that something might happen again.
12: But business owners may get a bit of a break. A recent investigation into drug trafficking in the Capital Region has led Victoria Police to a sophisticated retail theft operation involving large amounts of stolen property from downtown businesses.
8: It was everything from high-end athletic wear and clothing, sunglasses, household electronics, there was tools, chainsaws, it was the gamut.
12: Officers executed two search warrants and uncovered a total of $94,000 worth of stolen property along with $19,000 in currency and and 2.5 kilograms of drugs. Here's how it worked. A thief would contact a centralized phone number to arrange to sell stolen retail items in exchange for drugs. A dispatcher would appraise the items over the phone, usually at a fraction of their original retail value, and provide a value for the item in drugs. A driver would then meet the seller who would accept the stolen property and make the swap. Those involved in the operation would often make requests or provide lists of desired items to the thieves. Just the latest in a string of retail theft operations busted by police.
6: It is getting tiring for a lot of people because it just happens day after day. And it's the same prolific offenders that are doing it. It has to do, I think, with their location, their specific location within the footprint of downtown.
12: But some business owners have had enough. Mandeep Rana has temporarily closed up his downtown shop and is instead focusing on his other locations at least until he sees some real and tangible change. Police have yet to make any arrests in this latest bust.
5: The loss of property is, is something we don't want to face over and over again.
12: Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria.
0: Nanaimo RCMP say tracks in the soil led them to an ATV they suspect was stolen and now they're trying to find the owner. Police say the ATV was found near Woodgrove Center. They followed a suspected shoplifter into the bushes west of Nanaimo Parkway near the mall. A short time later, they heard an ATV start up. Officers found tracks and followed them right to the abandoned vehicle. The green Polaris ATV has not been reported stolen, but its VIN has been removed.
1: A constable with the Kelowna RCMP who was acquitted of an assault charge in December had a, co- a code of conduct hearing today to determine his future with the Kelowna Detachment. Constable Siggy Peterzak was found not guilty of assault after punching a man several times during an impaired driving incident. But today's hearing was into allegations that Peterzak had a sexual relationship with a woman while on duty and at one point assaulted her while she was intoxicated. Peterzak admitted both allegations were true and apologized to the woman whose name is protected under a publication ban. He will be penalized without pay for 20 days and is up for a transfer to another detachment at the discretion of the RCMP.
0: Just ahead, a major battle over B.C. mineral rights. They're still dishonest in this process. The First Nations staking claim to its territory in a landmark B.C. Supreme Court case and how it could change resource extraction here forever.
1: And later, use it or lose it. Why you should look around for any gift cards you haven't spent yet.
8: Traffic is moving pretty well both ways at the Portman Bridge tonight. And even eastbound traffic along Highway 1 through Burnaby and Coquitlam has eased right off. Select Sussex Insurance and make a difference. When you renew your auto plan online, select your neighborhood Sussex Insurance when prompted and a donation will be made to Diabetes Canada. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center.
0: From the stories that affect us all, to a look at what's happening right now around us. When BC needs to connect, BC turns to the source that brings us together. Global News.
1: A B.C. First Nation has launched a court challenge it hopes will result in a landmark ruling about the meaning of Indigenous rights in our province.
0: The Gitgatla Nation is challenging the method of staking mineral claims in B.C. that's been around basically since the gold rush. As Krista Dow reports, it often happens without Indigenous knowledge or consent.
13: The day has finally arrived for the North Coast First Nation of Gitgatla to argue their case over how mineral permits are distributed in B.C. B.C. has the audacity to say that giving away mineral rights in our territory does not trigger the duty to consult. We disagree with that. The legal challenge, the first of its kind in B.C., at issue is Banks Island, located in the heart of Gitgatla territory, just south of Prince Rupert. Gitkatla First Nation members arriving at the B.C. Supreme Court Monday are arguing to overturn several mining claims on the island, saying they were never consulted or advised. Anyone with a computer and $25 free miner certificate can pay $1.75 a hectare to acquire exclusive rights to minerals on the traditional territory of the Gitkatla Nation. Beyond Banks Island, Gatla is taking issue with the online registry and calls the entire Mineral Tenure Act outdated and hope to prove the B.C. government is in violation of the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples, also known as UNDRIP.
10: When a statute is introduced that is a human rights law, it uh, supersedes other laws.
11: They're still dishonest in this process. There's one... Still in existence, that's still uninhabitable. Our food resources are still tarnished by this mine tailings. It's never been cleaned up.
13: The province not commenting on Gatla's case, but acknowledged changes are coming. We're deeply committed to the work of reforming the Mineral Tenure Act court will hear from nearly two dozen interest groups both arguing for and against including members of the first nation leadership council other first nations environmental groups as well as mining groups court is scheduled to last two weeks krista dow global news
1: an encouraging update from the sbca on the condition of 15 dogs found starving and cold in clearwater several months ago this is what the dogs look like after being rescued from sub-zero temperatures in January. Since then, 12 of the dogs have been successfully treated and are now more socialized and almost at their ideal weight after several weeks on a carefully monitored feeding plan. All of the dogs are now up for adoption. Some have already found their forever homes. Good dog. And good people
0: are bringing them into their lives. All right, just ahead, a Canadian astronaut about to live out his childhood dream. I turned my treehouse into a rocket ship. I had gauges and dials. The fantastic voyage Jeremy Hansen is about to go on.
1: Also ahead, the garage door that almost became a death trap for a young child. And recognition for a hero who stepped in to help.
5: Focus on the politics.
0: Focus on the players. Focus on the province. Focus BC, your inside guide to BC politics with host Richard Zussman on BC One.
8: No delays at the Patello Bridge quite yet, but uh, some ongoing construction will slow you down northbound from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. You can expect some minor backups then. Integra Tire is proud to serve the communities they're part of. Contact your local dealer today and get up to $100 in tire rebates. Integra Tire, truly local. I'm Trish Jewison in the Global Traffic Center.
0: People visiting Stanley Park Saturday afternoon stepped in to help two Vancouver police officers struggling to control a violent suspect.
1: Officers were called to the playground at Second Beach to check on a man who was yelling, swearing and making families feel unsafe. When the officers arrived, the man turned on them and they weren't able to get to their radios to call for backup. That's when two bystanders stepped in to help. The officers bring the suspect under control. Johnson Nguyen has been charged with two counts of assaulting a peace officer. He's been released without bail.
0: New Westminster police are crediting the quick actions of a resident coming to the aid of a child in a very dangerous situation. Police say on Sunday night, the residents of the 100 block of Agnes Street heard a mother in distress They ran outside to find the child entangled in the building's garage door, unable to break free and suffering from injuries. The neighbor managed to free the child, and when police officers arrived, they were being tended to by a number of people. The child was then treated by paramedics. No word on the extent of the injuries to the child.
1: A Canadian astronaut is about to go where no Canadian astronaut gone before.
0: Jeremy Hansen will become the first Canadian to reach deep space as part of the Artemis 2 mission. Kyle Benning has more on the mission around the moon as NASA plans for a permanent lunar station. I'm
5: Jeremy Hansen. I'm a mission specialist.
4: While Neil Armstrong's first steps on the moon's surface were a giant leap for mankind, Jeremy Hansen's selection as part of NASA's next lunar trip is a big step for the Canadian space sector. The 47-year-old former fighter pilot dreamt of this moment after reading about the Apollo missions as a child.
5: I turned my treehouse into a rocket ship. I had gauges and dials and circuit breakers for switches, whatever I could find around the farm, and I was exploring space, and I just didn't know that that would be a long shot.
4: That long shot is scheduled for November 2024. Hansen has been waiting for his first mission after completing astronaut candidate training in 2011. It's not just an individual achievement for Hansen but one that brings a sense of pride across the country. 24 people have ever seen with
14: their own eyes the circle of the Earth. And now a Canadian is going to be part of the very next people to see, They're the first non-American to do it.
4: Artemis II is NASA's first crewed mission to the moon in more than half a century, since the end of the Apollo missions. And while it's a big moment for Canada, NASA is also marking new milestones. Joining Hansen are Christina Koch and Victor Glover, the first woman and person of color to join the two dozen astronauts who have either orbited or stepped foot on the moon. And because of Artemis II's flight path, it will be the first crew to enter deep space starting a new set of moon missions from Houston.
2: We still have a lot to learn about the effects of space on humans as they travel. We've learned a lot from the International Space Station. Now this is our destination and ultimately to get to Mars.
4: The CSA was granted the Artemis II seat in return for its Canadarm3 project, where it will provide an autonomous robotic arm for NASA's Lunar Gateway. That gateway will be the space station orbiting the moon to support lunar and Mars exploration. Artemis III which will see astronauts touch down on the moon's surface, will take place in 2025. Kyle Benning, Global News.
0: In Health Matters, tonight, two recalls to tell you about. First, Laundress brand fabric conditioners have been recalled due to a chemical
1: hazard. The fabric conditioners may contain a chemical chemical impurity called ethylene oxide, which is a carcinogen that can cause adverse health effects with long-term exposure. Consumers are advised to stop using the product and contact the company for reimbursement and nelson's chocofeller brand 60 percent dark chocolate with hazelnuts is also being recalled for not declaring a milk ingredient on the packaging and posing an allergen risk consumers are advised to check the product before purchase
0: nelson chocolate feller i get it now still ahead farewell to the last dj this is elvis presley on stage in empire stadium red robinson remembered for his gigantic contributions to the bc music industry
1: and coming up in sports play ball the vancouver canadians ready to start the season learning from a new coach proving she belongs in the game
0: the future of work series tune into global news april 10th to 23rd for daily features focused on training for the workforce of the future In partnership with Vancouver Island University. Learn more at VIU.ca. From the stories breaking right now to all the day's issues. When BC needs to connect, BC turns to the source that brings us together. Global News.
1: A warning to consumers who have a gift card in their wallet, use it or possibly lose it.
0: As Global's Tomasia Da Silva reports, it's especially true lately with so many businesses on the brink of bankruptcy.
8: That's when I kind of hit the wall. Katie Wilburn is upset, and rightfully so. We really have no rights when it comes to bankruptcy. Married last summer, she was hoping to cash in on some gifts at Bed Bath & Beyond. Instead, she's holding two worthless pieces of plastic, worth 250 bucks. It was very frustrating. We were really looking forward to being able to to use our gift card. She was able to up until March 9th. But even though the soon-to-be-closed retailer is still open, it's not accepting gift cards. We thought in Alberta we were more protected with our gift cards that we didn't have to, you know, use it right away. And so it was quite a surprise to learn that with bankruptcy that you aren't able to use the gift cards. Many consumers have been locked out of using gift cards over the last number of years. COVID did a number on many businesses, and that continues in 2023.
4: In most cases, when a business closes, their gift card is, is basically worthless.
8: David Lewis is a licensed insolvency trustee. He says gift cards may be the gift of choice, but they come with risks, especially when a business goes out of business.
4: THE CONSUMER COULD FILE A CLAIM IN THE BANKRUPTCY IF THEY KNOW THE AMOUNT THAT'S LEFT ON THE CARD. HOWEVER, IT'S PENNIES ON THE DOLLARS. AND THAT'S ASSUMING THAT THERE'S ENOUGH MONEY TO GET FROM uh, PRIORITY CREDITORS, SECURE CREDITORS, AND OTHER CREDITORS. YOU'RE AT THE BOTTOM OF THE LIST, REALLY.
8: THERE'S ANOTHER SIMPLER OPTION, BUT IT HAS TO BE DONE BEFORE THE BUSINESS SHUTS DOWN.
4: TRADE IT FOR SOMETHING INSTEAD OF LOSING IT ENTIRELY.
8: So I was ready to fight. Katie Wilburn is done battling Bed Bath & Beyond. She's been told she can use her cards in the U.S. Still, she cautions other consumers. If you have any gift cards kicking around in your wallet? I recommend that you use it right away. Tomasio de Silva, Global News.
0: A calm, sunny morning felt like a gift today. Yeah. After two straight days of hail. Come on now.
1: You seem a little bitter.
0: Well, <laughs> if you follow me on social media, you know why. Uh, well, base.
1: I also work right next to you. At the yeah, yeah. well, you long, hear me every so. day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I complain yeah. way more in real life than <laughs> I do here.
15: <laughs> all right, I know it's all about the baseball, isn't it, Chris? Yeah, it absolutely uh, is. Yep. Yeah, but tomorrow, yeah, this time play of year, tomorrow. yeah. So. <laughs> This was sort of like an April Fool's joke for people over the weekend, was it not? Now, it occurred on Sunday, April 2nd, but nonetheless, yes, snow across the region. There were reports of hail at the airport. We even had 0.4 millimeters of uh, snowfall, which likely were just little snow pellets. Nonetheless, white stuff on the ground. Now, it's very uh, rare for us to have snow in April, but it does happen. We definitely do get snow in the month of April. But what's uh, significant is that we have had now at the airport snow recorded in November, December, January. January, February, March and April so six months in a row and that's the first time we've had it since recorded um, history so thanks so much to Thierry uh, Goose; he's one of our uh, sort of Twitter followers or um, that is sort of puts together all these stats now we've had lots of people sharing photos of what spring means to you keep sharing the photos with us because we've had some great ones yes Uh, this one yet the 11th hole not too far away in fact you could start practicing your um, your uh, um putting sorry i was forgetting what i'm putting john you can get out there and start practicing your putting and yes daffodils a great uh, sign of spring and look at this one i love it my favorite ian quinnell cheryl sending this cold enough to have a ton of snow on the ground but warm enough in the sun to dry out your clothes with a little bit of a breeze you're good to go now we have instability so an upper level trough that's what's been keeping it so cool across the region and we're not expecting things to warm up much over the next little while so still cool and unsubtle tomorrow watch for pipe pop up isolated showers or even flurries this is what it sort of looks like you can get downpours underneath these cells but blue sky in between so showers for lower elevations but if you're traveling the mountain passes absolutely we're still expecting snow in fact it's still regulation that you have snow tires on if you're traveling the mountain passes right through until the end of this month so not bad in terms of temperature 10 degrees with a mix of sun and cloud again an isolated shower or flurry is possible Two dry days before a cold rain pushes in on Thursday. As I mentioned, you can see 12 degrees is our normal high. We're not expecting to warm up over the next couple of days. Tonight's central windows weather window is another sign of spring. This is the Red Mountain Slush Cup. Looks like it was a great day for it. Thanks to Ian for sharing that with us. It's cold in there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're so fun though. All right. Thanks very yeah. much, Christy. Squire joins us now with a look at uh, what's coming up in sports.
14: Well, we're going to talk about the Vancouver Canadians. The Vancouver Canadians uh, start their regular season this week. Although there's a rumor that they've been sold. Wow. Well, we'll well. Talk about that. There's another rumor about the SFU football team. We'll tell you about that rumor as well. And uh, we'll talk about Simon Betcher, who's become a sudden star with the Whitecaps.
11: Thanks, Squire. For-
1: also tonight.
11: What you saw is what you got. I mean, he
1: was a lovely guy. Remembering rock and roll legend Red Robinson, BC DJ nearly as popular as all the acts he interviewed.
0: here with sports sounds like a star came along for the Whitecaps just in just when they needed one kind of like when
14: Camillo arrived Mm -hmm. suddenly he scored goals he wasn't a big name when he arrived and uh, he wasn't a designated player signing either but Simon Betcher has quickly become the Vancouver Whitecaps best goal scorer he had two goals in that big win over Montreal on Saturday he has three goals in his last two games he was a first round draft pick by the Whitecaps last year and he's risen quickly to become a starter on the main club And because of what he did on Saturday, he has been named the best player for that match day in all of Major League Soccer. Not only had the two goals himself, he also set up a goal by Brian White. He has scored four goals, his first four goals in only 87 minutes. Nobody in MLS history got the four goals faster than Simon Betcher. He's just one of these players who has a nose and also, most importantly, as you can see here, a foot for the net very good at tipping them in with his foot uh the vancouver canucks officially eliminated from the playoffs not that we didn't know they were out of the playoffs way back in december but it's now official all that's really left is to see if vancouver can stay in the connor bedard derby at the moment the canucks are eighth worst six percent six percent chance of winning bedard in the lottery but remember if you're higher than 11th worst In the final overall standings, you can't win Bedard, even if you win the lottery. You can only move up 10 spaces. And the Canucks are five points away from the you-can't-have-Bedard spot. As for not being in the playoffs anymore, Rick Talkett says the games still matter for the players and him.
0: Use it to your advantage. You know, the other teams are going to play late. We're not. So what are you going to do with these next four months? It's not about, uh, that's what I'd like to, that's the positive. If there is a positive not making the playoffs, you know, you, there's no excuse not to come into camp in shape. Well, you, there will be a, if, you, if you do come into camp in shape, there'll be a problem. Put it that way. Tomorrow,
14: the Vancouver Canadians are holding a press conference where it's speculated that they may announce they have been sold to new owners. Now, what does that mean for the future of baseball at Nat Bailey? We're not sure yet. We'll find out tomorrow, I guess. Of course, the C's left for Sacramento a number of years ago when they were a triple-A team but of course a new Vancouver Canadians team showed up to play at Nat Bailey and I can't imagine the seas moving. They have a great ballpark, they have a great fan base and they'll start a new season Friday at Nat Bailey against Spokane.
3: Don't be fooled by the Tukes, come Friday they'll be swapped out for ball caps as the Vancouver Canadians open up the 2023 single-A high affiliate season at Nat Bailey Stadium. SEA's looking to build upon a 2022 campaign that saw them qualify for the postseason. Full expectation to win, uh, no expense of player development, however, but uh, we have a very good team to start. Uh, a lot of guys returning from last year, especially at the end. Guys who know what to look forward to, know what the challenges are, so full expectation to win first half and, and go from there. Oh, okay. SEA's manager and Delta native Brent Lavely is back for his second season. Joining him on the coaching staff is fellow Canadian Ashley Stevenson. Stevenson wore the Maple Leaf as a player on Canada's national team for 15 years, and at the age of 40, gets her first professional coaching gig.
7: What a stop by Stevenson. I really just want to be a coach. Um, I I love ball. I love sports, and... um, you know, I had a, a great opportunity to play, but I always knew as a player that I wanted to coach. Um, and so this opportunity has been you know, a passion of mine and a goal of mine for a long, long time. And, and for it to finally be a reality is something I'm really proud of and, and excited for. Um, but I do understand that um, being a female and, you know, and being a role model and a positive mentor for young people, I, I think is really important. Like You hear the line all the time, you need to see it to be it. For me I never had that opportunity when I was a kid and so now I'm 40 years old getting my first shot at this and so hopefully there's kids, little girls, you know, who watch me and think I don't need to be 40 years old to make a full career change. I can do this like right away and this is an opportunity for me. So I I don't take that lightly but, um, but ultimately I'm here to coach and that is my number one goal.
14: And there are rumors floating around about SFU that they might have a big announcement, maybe as soon as tomorrow. And the speculation is it could be to announce the end of the football program that was recently told it would not be back after this coming season in the NCAA's Division II Lone Star Conference. They no longer wanted SFU in their conference. And trying to move the football team to another league may have proven too difficult on short notice. Now, if this is true, it ends a sometimes very Successful football program. A lot of great players, especially from the CFL, went through SFU. Although in recent years, SFU's football team was basically overwhelmed by the competition. But we'll know more about this tomorrow, just like we'll know more about what we heard about the Vancouver Canadians as well.
1: Didn't Angus Reed play at SFU?
0: I think he
14: I'm did. I'm sure he did. He did. Yeah. Louis Pisaglia was there. I mean, we could name a lot of names, but right. I think Paul. Angus Reed is an SFU guy, yeah?
0: I'll, I'll ask my next door neighbor, Mark Reed, who's Angus's brother. <laughs>
14: Okay. <laughs> Wikipedia, right. that thing.
0: Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, we can check it out.
14: But I think he was. Yep.
0: Uh, still ahead, how Red Robinson transformed what a generation of kids listened to on the radio. That's next on the News Hour.
1: Jordan Armstrong is here now with a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jordan?
5: Sophie, we are staying at Surrey City Hall tonight. We'll tell you what happens with the proposed 12.5% property tax hike, plus the warning that's gone out to students and staff at UBC about TikTok. We'll tell you why the school is urging users to uninstall the popular app from their phones and instead use a web browser to access TikTok content. These stories and more tonight on Global News at 11. Sophie?
1: All right. Intriguing. Thank you, Jordan.
5: Sure is. So,
0: B.C. Broadcasting lost a legend over the weekend. Red Robinson was a friend to all of us and well-known to everybody in the music industry. And his friends are talking about it now, Squire.
14: Well, he had been a disc jockey since he was a teenager. I think he started when he was still in high school in the early 1950s and went all the way to, I think, 2017. But he did more than just... Spin Records, he loved doing that. He was an ad man for a while, had his own ad agency, he promoted shows, he brought shows to Vancouver, he was on television, he did telethons, he raised a lot of money for charity. There is nothing Red Robinson didn't do, and he did it most of the time in the city he loved the best, the one he was from. There was a time in Vancouver that whenever a music superstar showed up, Red Robinson was close by. He didn't just witness Vancouver history from inches
11: away, he was a part of it. The one thing about Red Robinson, people got to remember, he loved being Red Robinson. And I mean, that's a fantastic thing to say, because there's a lot of people who aren't that genuine. What was most genuine was Red's
14: love of doing this.
6: He was he
14: Played records the on the radio for over half a century.
0: One of the great hits of Elvis going back to 19.: When rock
14: and roll like like was said, young in the 1950s, so was Red Robinson. He was Vancouver's link
11: to a whole new genre of music. He brought it into, the country, into our town and he explained it to us and he gave us a good grounding in
4: it.
0: Everyone knows, uh, you know, Red's voice. Everyone knows Red's face. Um, you know, most people of a certain age Uh, We'll remember growing up listening to him on the radio and watching him on television and doing so many things and being a trailblazer in everything that he did.
14: Red was really ubiquitous around this town, even having his name adorn a theater for years. He briefly worked in the US but he came back to Vancouver and did as much as he could to sell his hometown to the music industry.
11: He he did shows, he brought shows and he brought all these artists in too and he'd you know he'd, he'd sponsor them and him and Les Vogt at the time would go out there and they'd put these shows in ballrooms and different places and, and we'd go see them. But uh, I, I promote artists, he was promoting music and uh, he did a hell of a job.
14: And if you ever visited his old office in Vancouver, which was just down the hall from Bruce Allen's office, Red's life was pretty much on the wall for all to see. People go, what? You met all these people? But they all came through Vancouver.
0: But this is because I've been a fan of, of, of the business. You
11: know. That's why I said to you before, he enjoyed being Red Robinson. And I think that, uh, I think that made him just love doing his job. He never, he never complained about it. You know, this guy would be in the morning, on the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning or 7 o'clock in the morning where they start morning radio. He'd been out the night before doing shows. You know, he didn't take the day off. He'd back in there. He loved it. Just loved it. Oh. And a genuinely good
14: guy. Yeah. He was a yeah real I was mean, guy. That, that was a guy Such a who, nice guy. Yeah, he was at such a level that he could have big-timed everybody and you would have understood it.
1: He just loved but it. But he didn't. He loved, he loved the job. It wasn't really a job for him. It was his life's passion.
0: Yeah. And such a huge fan of the music itself, too. It Mm -hmm. It was great to be able to work with him and to know him. And we'll remember him forever. Thanks very much for everything. Red, rest in peace. Have a great night.
1: Good night, all.